0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Falcon a Football Podcast. I'm your host, Clarky. Joining me as always, I've got Jesse. Hello. And I've got Chris. Hello. Gentlemen, we're continuing our team fo- team focused episodes. Yes. This week. It's gonna be a tough one. Now, regular listeners will understand that we are what we have affectionately dubbed a negative neutral on Collingwood at the I've moment. Jesse, allegedly. Very allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, very neutral. Yeah. Boys, yes, cut that, can't that, can't that. <laughs> Yeah, Je- Jesse would be disbarred immediately from any jury. <laughs> Just juror number four, please exit. But that's that's why we've brought in another fantastic guest. He's joining us, Tim. You are our Collingwood expert, our aficionado. Thank you for joining us.
1: Boys, pleasure to be here. I think negative neutral is pretty fair from what I've heard. It's fair for Chris. And actually, Clarky, I reckon you're positive neutral on the pies. I reckon you actually had a bit of a soft spot. But-
0: look, the <laughs> second you get rid of JDG, I thought it might I'm be in. in. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, second, the second he's gone, I'm, I'm trending positive. All right. Maybe Nick maybe- Maynard for you as well. That's eh? that's always been... Uh, look, I have, feel- I have feelings. Feelings? <laughs> But I'm not gonna. It's it's hardly alleged crimes.
1: Yeah, and and Chris, I feel like you're you're not even negative neutral. You're like neutral if you take John Noble out of the equation, right? Like,
2: no, John Noble's what what brings it down to negative neutral at the moment. Yeah, negative neutral is a big step for me, and the only reason I'm at negative neutral is because of Fly. He has made that club somewhat likable that's pretty high praise.
1: I know where you're coming from. Your base level is quite low. That, that, yeah. That's pretty high praise for Fly. But Jesse, I think negative neutral is grossly overestimating your opinion of Collingwood, <laughs> is it not?
3: Look, I put it on a fair bit. And as I was doing research for this episode, I've realized that if we did this episode two or three years ago, it would have been very, very different. Yeah. I'm leaning negative neutral a little bit because of three people. Fly, Moore, Nash. Okay? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> as you pretty illustrious nice. company. You're too you very nice well. of a person to be a Collingwood fan, so hopefully by the end of this episode you pick like uh, like swans, or just like a nothing <laughs> team.
1: I was gonna say you don't know me that well, so yeah, that that <laughs> yeah. would be why you think I'm too nice to be a Pies fan. We'll we'll dispel those myths as the podcast yeah. goes on. Yeah. Well look,
0: so I knew this this episode might get off to a rocky start. <laughs> We're throwing the allegeds around. This we're, is our second intro. We're already, yeah, we're already. Yeah, this is the <laughs> like, second time well, I have I've to had to. a legible now. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> you can choose to do whatever you <laughs> want. Um, but I, did, I did come up with a neutral topic okay. for us to. I want to talk to Chris just before yes. we get into this. Now, Christopher, Jesse, and I brought up the the topic of eggnog, and as we all know, gentlemen. It is coming up to Christmas, which means we only get 30 sweet, noggy days before the government takes it away again. (laughs) And Chris mentioned that he has never had eggnog. You've not nogged.
2: Yeah, he's never nogged. There's two things that I've always been really curious to try, but always been too scared to try. That is eggnog and beef jerky. I finally gave in yesterday. I was at the shop after Clarky and Jesse were talking in our group chat about it. I finally bought some eggnog. And it was amazing. And I'm officially on the Nog train.
3: You got the bottled nog, you know, the, the convenience store nog. Yeah. It which was, is Paul's eggnog. It's yeah. fine. It's a five. It, it's fine. It's entry level, okay? You you've played it safer. But I'm gonna so my partner Sophie does not believe in the 30 days of nog. She believes that at least ninety. We have like glass bottles in the in the fridge that just stay there. It's like I I don't love eggnog, but the one she makes is really good. But I just look at this like You've made alcohol that I don't want to drink, and that's, a, that's bizarre. <laughs> we have like eight big, like old-fashioned milk bottles. I don't even know. I don't know where they are stored for the rest of the year. They just appear on December first. That's how you know. I, I will get some of this spicy milk to you as well, Chris. Also, okay. actually, you mentioned beef jerky before. I bought beef jerky this week. Maybe I'll send some that to you as well.
1: Yeah, can we explore the fact that Chris has not eaten beef jerky? You're a white male in your, I assume, thirties. You need to have that as an interest. Dried meats is like number one, baby.
2: I went, the, yeah, I went the smoked meats route. Oh, um,
1: that's
2: actually quite valid. That's, that's a good response. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry, they're not crazy different things. <laughs> No, They're both no. withered hams,
0: like it's just old meat. Smoking, smoking meat doesn't dehydrate it necessarily, Jesse. If you're doing it right,
3: we are four white males on a podcast talking about smoking meat. Holy <laughs> shit, we're about to implode.
0: Chris is already in his, but we're prepping
1: for our dad areas. Yeah, are. mm. Tim, how about you? Whether you sound the nog? Oh, I'm massively pro nog. I just think that a November nog might be a couple of days early, Clarky. That's my that's my stance, well, and
0: I'm sticking hashtag
3: November. <laughs> I,
0: my, my partner, my wife, sorry, Jess, loves, loves Christmas, right? Not so me. the second, the second, like, Halloween finishes, it's already, like, it's pre-Christmas prep, right? Like, we're, we're getting lights, we're fixing up any, like, oh, what decorations do we need? Christmas stuff just starts appearing around the house. So, I'll be honest, gentlemen, we pretty much put out our outside Christmas lights. The front of our house has been Christmas for at least three weeks now, and, she is so happy that it is. You know what? I will abs- it's on site for any of you bar humbugers out there.
1: <laughs> hey, bring it. I'm not humbugging you, all right? I'm just saying.
3: Some, Some of my neighbors early. put up Christmas decorations last week and I wanted to call the police. Okay, it is wrong. It is too early. Calm down. It's just flashing light, To waste of electricity. Bar humbug. Nog makes sense if you're in like a, a colder climate, like you know, you have a snowy Christmas. Drinking alcoholic milk when it's 43 degrees outside seems misjudged. Yeah, tuck a couple of ice cubes in there, you big
2: baby. I have a question about the Nog while we're on it. We will at some point get to the football on this football podcast as well.
0: We're <laughs> a Nog cast now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, can you drink it warm? You can drink anything warm.
0: Yeah, well, because it's, it's kind of almost like custody in its taste and flavors. It's so basically imagine, watery custard. As long as you don't curdle it. I think it would be fine,
1: like a mold nog situation.
3: Yeah, water-free custard, like a milk.
2: Yeah, a mold, <laughs> a mold nog, mold
3: full of vitamin K. Vitamin K. <laughs> you know what
0: I'm? You know what I'm? are picking up what I'm putting down, though, right? Because I know, like my my wife is English, so they do warm custard with mm. like desserts and stuff like that.
1: Mate, they do warm here. So- Let's not judge. <laughs> Let's not take the English's word on culinary delights. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Just the full, the full
0: English that. is one of the best kinds of breakfasts.
1: <laughs> I'll cut that. <laughs> Jesse. You might also want to read vitamin K to vitamin R. I think Mulk has vitamin R
3: in it. Vitamin R, yeah, I'm going to have to edit
1: that <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, chop that in. Just get a clean one now, yeah?
0: But yeah, I look. So,
1: look, let's get to the Collingwood chat, boys. Tim, who do you go for? <laughs> Pie's oh, man, you might be able to tell by the the black and white checks that I decided to don for this very special occasion. Um, yeah, big pies guy, had been for yeah whole life. Got indoctrinated yeah, so, at a, a nicely young age and kept it all the way through, despite some rocky early years.
0: It's you know what? That's what I want to talk to because we've had a few guests now. In fact, I think our last three guests have all had childhoods that were not completely devoted, <laughs> yes. to their football club.
1: It sounds like Leck had. I was listening to Lek's episode, to, you know, prep myself here. Yeah. Also, Chris, fantastic work on slagging him off the Carlton's last grand final, <laughs> premiership <laughs> appearance, and just fan, more of that. Tap
3: that to my veins. Come um, on, the well, luck we this don't week. like any I like of our guests. Um, <laughs> I will say there was probably like fifteen minutes more of that that I had to cut. <laughs> Send me the
2: outtakes. Um, love that for, stuff more for
3: often. for for reasons of of uh, length and taste. <laughs>
2: My favourite part of that was that for the whole segment, it was just me talking and, like, just staring at me intensely (laughs) and not saying a word.
1: Well, that's the right thing. He can't say anything, can he? It's all true. (laughs) Um,
0: He knows which hills to fight on.
1: Yeah, this is true. But um, strangely enough, I don't know why, but I never wavered, right? So I got indoctrinated from my aunts because my dad was a Carlton fan, which sounds like the greatest betrayal of all time, that his son (laughs) would go for Collingwood, but... um, he had four sisters and they said, would you mind if Tim supported Collingwood? And he very graciously said, that would be my pleasure. They ended up taking me to the football at Victoria Park at the time. And I was like four or five, six years old. We'd watch Collingwood lose to every single team that <laughs> came through in that era because we were not particularly good. And but you're stuck why, with them. But it never even crossed my mind. And I think it's the same for a lot of Pies fans because I'd say this podcast might be good evidence, we cop a bit of flack from the rest of the AFL supporting community, right? Like, it, it often feels us against them, and I think that in a weird way keeps our attention rate fairly high.
0: Let's let's put it this way, Tim. I won't... Collingwood has had its own issues, particularly in modern history. Oh, we are. Uh, the managed from a perfect aspect. Club. <laughs> yeah. But when we talk about... I think the, the war on Collingwood, right, comes from the fact that the the loudest Collingwood supporters cunts.
1: Oh yeah. And I don't think any self-respecting Pies fan is disagreeing with that, right? See
0: <laughs> see, and this and this is what upsets me when we speak to someone like yourself and we're like, Tim's come on, he's been super rational and reasonable and just really enjoys football. Fuck that guy, right? Like <laughs> this is disgusting.
1: Let's get Joffre on and grill him. Yeah, yeah. Um that's the weird thing, right? There's so much about the club that you just hated, like from a, a modern perspective, because this is the club that has historically been the last to adapt to the modern era. And we had a president in the 90s that was still outrageously right. This is not Eddie McGuire, by the way. This is the guy before him. Still outrageously <laughs> racist. Alan Jeans, I think it was the time. Yeah. It, it's taken a long time for this club to become palatable, but I think over the last 10 years and certainly the last 2 it it has and it's brought a lot of pride for a lot of long suffering collingwood fans
0: do you think that as a as a child that kind of fueled you a little bit because i i know there's always that little streak i think in kids where it's like a little bit cool to be like yeah it is me against them like i'm i'm on top of the mountain come for me <laughs> or the, or i'm in the valley and i'm going to come up there and bash you
1: Well, yeah, it was weird, right? So we had a very unsuccessful early period of my supporting Collingwood. I don't remember 1990. um, But I certainly remember the, I feel like the last time that we made finals after 1990 might have been 94, I want to say, and got bundled out first week. And then we didn't play a single final until 2002. So that was like me being, I think, eight years old to about 16 years of age, didn't play a single final. And teams like Essendon were just romping it and Carlton were winning the flag. And even North Melbourne, I mean, of all the insults, even North Melbourne were winning flags at this stage. And our team was just hopeless. And it was tough and it yeah you know, gave you a bit of a chip on the shoulder. But I think that sort of upbringing also made you not want to leave because if we have success now, then that would hurt so much that you'd jump off the wagon.
0: So what would you say are probably some of your most treasured memories of Collingwood?
1: Uh, I think the most treasured ones would be going to Vic Park in the late 90s with my aunts um, and watching us usually lose, right? But the signs were there. The green shoots were there. Nathan Buckley was at the club now. I loved Severio Rocca more than anybody. He was my idol, right? So gentle, gigantic Italian boy bombing goals from 75 <laughs> metres on the wing. Just fantastic. And I do remember I got one of the footballs that he kicked onto the roof of Vic Park once because my aunts were friends with the stewards there that had to retrieve the balls from the roof. Oh, wow. And they said, just you know, sneak this one home with you. We didn't see anything. So I think that just sort of reinforced the love of this underdog team at the time. Um, do you have an
0: official Sav Rocca roosted football i've got a rocker roosted Dumb. ball baby yeah it's that's um, beautiful
1: a, that's uh, memorabilia yeah yeah that, that's proper stuff can't verify it but you got my word
3: against his but trust me <laughs> that's a rock a ball it cracked in half like the liberty Bell. <laughs> <probably.
1: laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i think those early years of complete irrelevancy really made you appreciate what having a relevant football club means right so stuck with ever since
0: yeah, so I mean, look, we're talking relevant football clubs. How how did you experience the 2023 Premiership?
1: That was a good year. That was two months ago, and it was a damn good year. It was... <laughs>
0: a fine vintage,
1: <laughs> if you will. Uh, so I, because, you know, white privilege, I'm an MCC member. My parents signed me up at birth, and you wait like the 15 years, and you become a member, and yeah, now it's guy. like 50-something years. <laughs> But because I've been working in Los Angeles and living in America a lot recently, I would transferred to overseas membership, uh, which is a shitload cheaper. You pay like a maintenance fee of a hundred bucks or something to keep your membership valid. You don't get entry to the games. Um, and I'm the MCC aren't listening to this, right? They, they don't monitor this podcast, right? So I basically let that continue after I moved back to Australia because it's a hell of a lot of an expense to keep up and I could keep it going on the side without them knowing. Then we made the grand final, which I didn't necessarily think was going to happen, and I had to get my overseas membership made back into a regular MCC membership to gain admission to the grand final. So that entire week was going to the MCG, handing in paperwork, updating my membership card, getting new passport photographs taken. Like It was a hell of a week. Was wow. a, lot of, a lot of stuff was going on there. So finally got my card on the Friday. Um, and oh, then wow. lined up on the Saturday morning at 5 a.m., I think, because there no reserved seats because I missed out on that because the card took too long to get there, um, but finally got into the ground and managed to watch the game with my uh, elderly uncles who are 93 and 80 years of age. Um, oh, wow. Was genuinely concerned that heart attacks may occur in the last quarter. <laughs> that was That's beautiful. A real risk. Um, but, no, it was great because uh, my eldest uncle, Ed, he saw... The 1958 Premiership Live, and that was the last win oh, wow. that he's seen in person. So that was pretty special for him. What was his reaction? Um, he just sat there for a while. Um, he was overwhelmed, I think. Um, he's doing good for 93, by the way. Uh, yeah. So he's not like, he wasn't a vegetable. He wasn't just sitting there in the seat not appreciating it. <laughs> well,
0: you checked check the pulse as the first <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. You know,
1: right? <laughs> Elevated, alive. but
0: still there. Good. <laughs>
1: It's, um yeah, I think it meant a fair bit to him. So it was really special to be able to share that with a couple of uncles that have had a lot more suffering than I have.
3: I think the moment this year that I realised maybe the Collingwood, you know, feel-good story of the year was, started to chip away at me, was the morning of the grand final where, um, for listeners, we're on a uh, Facebook chat group. We talk about football and classical films. Uh, <laughs> you posted a photo from the ground and I was genuinely happy for you. Um, oh, that's sweet. Thank you, man. Then I, I had to like sort of like catch myself. I'm like, wait, what, what, what <laughs> no, wait, is
0: wait. this? Not happy. I think, I think one of the things that solidified it for me is like this. This Collingwood is is a, like you were saying before. Collingwood have struggled to modernise and sort of make themselves kind of appealing to the wider AFL fan bases. Seeing Peter Moore hand the the cup to Darcy Moore. Was probably that moment for me that I was like, "Crap, fuck, Collingwood's more good than bad right now." Like, like that's that's just something special. Like you you love that for. And Darcy Moore is probably one of my favourite Collingwood players of this modern era.
1: Like, it was a special moment, wasn't it? And as you can see, I've modelled my own hair on Darcy's <laughs> um, unashamedly. Yeah, um, that was a special moment, and Pete had to lose what was it, five or six grand finals without winning one himself? So that must have been a moment for him. I mean, yeah, Collingwood were historically, not bad, but amazing at losing grand finals between 1958 and 1990. No one's ever going to get close to that again. So... You Know maybe we've all processed some generational trauma there. The more family <laughs> included. you know what,
0: look, as a Melbourne supporter who has also recently won a premiership, you forgive a lot once that cup's handed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I can just... watch the Dom Sheed goal now. I couldn't do that for like five years, but now I can watch the Dom Sheed goal on YouTube. Yeah, that was yeah. the same,
2: it was the same for me when, when we won in 2016. Like, because we obviously we famously dropped off massively in 2017, we had a shocking season, we missed out on the finals, one of the first like teams in years that's won a premiership and then miss the finals the next year. And everyone was saying to me the year after, like, oh, aren't you like pissed off? And I was like, no, come kill us. We finally fucking won one. Yeah.
3: yeah. That's fucking great. Oh, you fucking jerks. <laughs> Jesse, do you remember what finals were like? Well, to be oh. fair, I can't remember what what like Saturday was like, to be fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember what finals were like. We lost one against the Dogs a
2: few years ago. You did. Cody, think- Cody Waitman kicked four.
3: All from free kicks, a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, he well, does remember. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh,
2: that's good.
0: So, talk to us about who who are some of your favorite players. Like, when you think Collingwood for you, what a give, give me a, like a, a top top five list of
1: some of your favorite players.
3: It can be oh, more. Sweet. It can
0: be
1: less. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's oh, a yeah. loose
0: list, but
1: I don't know. It, it's not going to be the best five players that have played for the Pies. I really gravitate to the the underdogs, I guess. Rupert Becerres, does that name ring any bells for anybody here? It's such a random one, right? We're
2: not playing footy grid at the
1: moment. This is is grid, yeah. Um, Rupert Becerres was a player in like 2002, 2003 signs that was pick 70-something, I think, and had no right to be good, but he became like this, I'd say like he was the Bo McCreary of that era, of this team that was, they were all underdogs, right? It was Nathan Buckley and 21 other underdogs on this side. But they challenged what was probably the best side of the modern era, I'd say, in Brisbane um, two years in a row. And it, it, I guess it reinforced that growing up 90s Collingwood of where the underdogs were trying to punch up to the big guys and players like Rupert Betheris really encapsulated that. They got the most out of their abilities and they they did everything they could. And it wasn't enough 2002, 2003. We fell short. We were, we were not the better team. But they made you love them and I think that, That's also what I love about McCray's Europe eyes is I don't think we're the best list, but they make you love them because they put everything on the line every single week, and that's probably evidenced by the fact that we had 11 wins by less than two goals last year, and it's got to be near the same this year as again. Just
3: everything on the line, every week. (laughs) Jesse
0: Jesse has just squeezed his head. (laughs) Sorry. Like
3: like he was in pain for what crossroad did you go to to make a deal with the devil to win all those games because that made logically the comebacks you've made in the last two years don't make sense this is an anomaly that should be studied by scientists
1: it it can't happen can it and yet it did I I suppose last year the justice was we lost two close finals so we got done by Geelong by less than a goal then we got done by Sydney by one point or two points I think so there was a little bit of uh, comeuppance at the end there but then in the finals this year what was it Melbourne was seven GWS was one, and was it four in the grand final? So the lowest cumulative yeah. margins across three finals in AFL history. So they just find a way to keep doing it, and I have a heart attack every weekend, but it it's fantastic. Can we swear on this podcast? Is this like swearing aloud? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking fantastic is what I'm saying. Like the <laughs> last two years have been just... They probably won't happen again in my lifetime. Statistically, they haven't happened for like a hundred years. So, just you got to appreciate it, right?
2: Speaking of the the heart attacks that you have every week, one of my favorite parts of <laughs> every round of football when Collingwood plays is that our super coach draft chat uh, goes through just a roller coaster of Tim's messages of <laughs> just. Spending 98% of the game conceding the defeat. There's no chance they can win. We're gone. We're terrible. There's no way we're going to win. And then at the end, oh, we won.
1: Oh, yeah. Fancy that. Well, if (laughs) I didn't do it, would we have won? And now I can't stop doing it right because I've got it's the reverse curse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm such a
3: superstitious chat. But I I like that, like, your messages during a game can be summed up with that that um that video of the old man he's like call an ambulance but not for me (laughs) it's just that every week
1: i I, you know the funny thing is i think that the few times i didn't do that were the close ones that we lost i don't think i conceded (laughs) the sydney game i think i I don't think i conceded the geelong final last year i thought we were a decent chance and we lost them i was like well never knowing that again we're conceding every single week from here on (laughs) out boys it's why so so
0: this draft is actually what how, how you and I met, Tim, and sort of yes. have developed a relationship. And I I think I've gravitated towards you because you do have that same energy that I feel when I'm like texting people about football. And hmm. I'm like, there's another reality somewhere where I think maybe <laughs> I was a Collingwood supporter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you are logic. I genuinely think, Clarky, listening to you on this podcast, I think you're a Closet Collingwood fan. I think you have a lot more appreciation for the Pies than any neutral can possibly have.
0: I'm waiting for the last piece of the dam to form, but <laughs> like, to fall away. Jordan degoey, hit by car, done. <laughs> I'm in.
1: Like, <laughs> you're a Melbourne man, and yet Brayden Maynard knocks out Angus Brayshaw, and you were still... You know, what it might have been an accident. You know, like, that was the most rational response you could have had in that moment. I, I was expecting...
3: I still think Clarky saying he deserved it was a bit much. A very, <laughs> bit, bit <too> far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But if, you know, Angus getting not cold by, by Brother doesn't make... You're a Melbourne man. Like, if that's not proof that you're a Pies fan in disguise, I'm not sure what is.
0: Oh, no, I still don't like Brandon Maynard. Or more favourite players to go through.
1: I really do like Mason Cox, because he has no right being an AFL footballer, and yet he's a premiership Ruckman. Now, if you saw his early years, I saw him in the VFL in one of his first games. It's like, this should not have happened. And yet... It's really funny that
0: you guys listed Slenderman, and his only (laughs) skill is being tall. And then eventually he got good at kicking straight, so it worked out in the end.
1: It's wild, isn't it? And he had a great last five minutes of the grand final. Like, he won every tap against Oscar for like the last four or five center bounces, and we scored a couple of very important goals from those. It's just, it's a crazy story. I don't know how it happened, but Mason Cox, Premiership Ruckman, it's insane. Who else is there? Oh, yeah, my favorite player may have been James Clement back in the day because he (laughs) was our only reliable footballer for about seven or eight years there after (laughs) 2003. So he made a ton of All-Australian teams when we were absolute garbage, but he was just the prototypical modern defender. There was a lot to love there. Um, number one's obviously Pendles because, you know. Of course. Pendles. I don't even elaborate Wait, on he's that. He's got a
3: basketball background. Has he? I've, I've, I've heard this. No kidding. Alan. Also, Mason Cock from Texas. <laughs> <Funny> that, <laughs> he
0: also has bad. a basketball background. <laughs> yeah, um, as a
3: hoop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, and then, other than Pendles, it was Seviri Rocker because he was mm. the 90s stud coming up. He kicked 93 goals, I think, the first year I, I watched football seriously. Massively underrated in terms of all-time great full forwards, by the way. Not just for the Pies. For North Melbourne, he was a fantastic full forward as well. He's like seventh on the all-time goal-kicking list or something insanely high like that. Just doesn't get the credit he deserves, I think.
3: Back in primary school, we used footy day and because Collingwood was kind of shit at that time, it, we, we always got players from the team that came last would come to our school and they would just kick some tops and be like, yay. And Sav Rocker kicked uh, the ball from like one end of the school to the other. <laughs> and we're just like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> how did that happen? But that also brings me to, I want to say, the first official, official enemy of the Falconer footy podcast, okay? oh, wow. Tarkin okay. Lockyer. Tarkin Lockie is an enemy of the Falcon. Enemy of the show. What do you mean the first official? You've labelled like
0: three enemies of the podcast. <laughs>
3: they are casual, casual disturbances, okay? This is an official. I'm going to make a stamp, okay? I'm going to I'm gonna write to whoever I need to, okay? So we had these um, footy days, and we do the footy clinics as well. And the week that Tarkin Lockie bought a car from my mum, he was there to do a footy clinic. And he came up to me, and he's like, hey, you're such-and-such's son. Took my hand, like, hey. Cool, uh, and then we did like these like marking jewels of him, and he stood on my hand and then looked at me like like that was on purpose. And I'm like, you've made an enemy for life. Tarkin Lockyer, not welcome on the show. I'll say wow.
1: it. There's a lot to digest there, Jesse, a lot to unpack. Um, and he goes next week. Did he bring
3: studs? Yeah. Did he stud your hand?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. studded your hand. Jesus, oh, my head. I am not say sense. Oh, wow. I haven't
0: been the same since. Yeah, that's unrelated, Jesse. I, that's that, that's when my my
3: AFL career ended.
0: Wow. Well, that's what you get for playing football with a Star Wars background character.
3: Talker Locky.
0: Oh,
3: great! Very Come good.
0: Very good. Come yeah, on. no, no, it's,
1: it's don't cut that. Don't cut that. No, Come on, that, that's mock <laughs> <that's laughs> we, we talk about,
0: about? I I feel like we should mention my my favorite Collingwood player, uh, other than Darcy Moore of the modern era. I always used to think it was so. Fucking cool that Travis Cloak had the glove. I don't know why. I just like it's a memory that I have. I was like, he's wearing a glove. That's like cool. Like Michael <laughs> And then Jackson the glove called. was banned. Yeah. yeah. Interest waned. <laughs>
1: <crazy>. Travis, Cloak. <laughs> Travis Cloak stocks down. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had that game against GWS. It would have been what, like 2016, 15 maybe, where he marked everything inside. And then they investigated the glove and they said, no more of those. This is cheating. So. Yeah, he got too good with the glove. That was the problem.
2: Bring back the I saw the glove. earlier that um he's now a development coach at Essendon. For
1: Essendon,
3: Yep.
2: Oh, as
1: long as he's yeah. not the goal kicking coach, it
2: should be fine. He's working out how to get
0: like f- like gloves just on the palms. He's he developing new see. fashions.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hidden gloves. That'll be the that next cloak. Western Bulldogs legend.
1: <laughs> That's right. And he kicked the first goal against the Pies after the- he got traded to the Doggies. I was at that game. I was like, ah, oh, this feels like a bad trade already. <laughs>
2: It was for us.
3: <laughs> when we do the doggies episode, we just need to go through the list of plays where you it's like, oh yeah, they played for doggies for a bit, like like Crimeri. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. that
2: oh, we yeah,
1: Cremers, of course. I'd forgotten that Barry Hall was a doggies player for a while there. Like, it genuinely slipped
2: my mind. Because he didn't punch anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, he definitely did.
2: Coward. <laughs> he de- actually, he about- a, a North player. He he he. Like got him in a headlock or something, or they got him in a headlock. Oh, it was Scott or Thompson! It was Scott Thompson. Yeah, Scott yeah I Thompson, that yeah. one for
1: sure. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he was punching people. Why, why do we forget? Yeah. He was still this Barry Hall
2: punching people and winning Wizards homegrown cups.
0: <laughs> I just, I do want to ask one more question before we move on. Now, Tim, we've we've covered it off, and you you've received a little bit of that uh that us against them from the three hosts who invited <laughs> you on to their podcast to talk about Collingwood from from your perspective, obviously. There have been scandals. Are something that's sort of synonymous with public opinion of Collingwood in, in the modern era. You've had, you know, really divisive figures like Eddie Maguire. You know, there's Jordan Ngoye still currently in the team, which people have mixed feelings about. How how do you view that from from the side of a fan? Like, obviously, there's there's things that are there's alleged crimes that have happened where it's like, of course, crime isn't good. But how do you deal with bold stance? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so are you guys anti crime? <laughs> um, I'm calling the MCC to dob you in right after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good run. But no, genuinely, like I, I am interested to hear, like, how do you sort of take that as as a fan? Because obviously, the negativity and the the focus kind of gets pushed onto the supporter base because it's your club, and there is that like that level of tribalism and defensiveness that comes with that. So, how do you handle that from your side?
1: I don't know. It's interesting, right? So I think that Ed is obviously the biggest figure at the Collingwood Football Club that attracts this kind of controversy. And it's a yeah. difficult relationship for a Pies fan with Eddie because he saved the club. Like late 90s, we were genuinely going down the tubes, right? We weren't even financially viable. And he came in and he turned that club around and he was still the pres, I think, in 2010. So he did win his flag. It, it took him a while, but like his great saving grace was he made our club viable again because we absolutely weren't. He brought in Mick Malthouse. Within a couple of years, we're contending for the flag again. And since then, it's been pretty decent time to be a Pies fan. So he genuinely saved the club. But at the same time, I don't think Ed is like, I don't think he hates people of other races, but he just comes across as such an idiot sometimes that it's painful to listen to. Uh, the whole do better report thing where he said it's a proud day for the club. Like, I don't know if you could choose worse words in that particular circumstance, and again I don't think he's meaning them in any malicious way whatsoever but it's just it, it was time for the club to move past that so I'm glad they did.
3: I think since you guys got rid of Eddie there has been like it's just been a ray of light on Collingwood. It's been good you, you kind of yeah. came out of that shadow. I think with Eddie he says some real fucked stuff but I think if you got a microphone in front of any other club president that often they too would say some pretty fucked stuff because often that's a bit of a bit of a boys' club, but like an old world sort of of uh, way. It's bigger as fuck, right? Yeah. E- exactly. So I think it's it was purely because he's on in front of that mic so often. Um but yeah, I just over the last few years, obviously there's been a few a few players and stuff like that have have had some controversies, <laughs> but like, like no, this couldn't be. No, like, sorry. Like who?
0: <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know who you're talking about, Jesse. Um,
3: cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, <laughs> but like, the good really started to shine through. And it's as somebody who has hated Collingwood for so long, like the only other person in my family who really follows footy at all is my sister. And she's a mad Collingwood um, fan, so that rivalry's always sort of been there. And it, it's been a perfect storm for me to hate Collingwood. But I'm actually seeing them as you're okay.
0: Ow. Yeah, I think that there's been a significant cultural shift, right? And that's that's kind of what you need to see. And when you see things like that that come from Collingwood, right, and it starts changing the way that you think about them, you start noticing where it's lacking for other clubs as well, right? So it's, it's good, I think, in a way that Collingwood has started to become more progressive in that sense. Like, no club is perfect, but I think there is progression, right? And that's what... We need to be seeing.
3: And you and you guys fucked over Guinevere, which warms my heart. <laughs> Very funny.
0: Very funny. It turns out that Collingwood didn't like Jackievan either. <laughs> Nobody did.
1: So uh, poor Jackie boy.
0: Tim, you might be aware. You said that you've listened to a few episodes. And you might be aware who our resident teams vibes judge is.
1: hmm
0: Now, I don't know if you're nervous for this section, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Jesse and By the grace of God,
3: we'll see what happens. (laughs) So, Timothy, and dear valued (laughs) listeners, I struggled with this. You would think that a a club with such a storied history would have some really interesting tales behind things like their song, their mascot, things like that. It's all been very sort of by-the-books traditional, which is weird. Um, So I looked into the song, first of all, Good Old Collingwood Forever. Everyone loves that song, don't they? Mm -hmm. It does have the oldest origins of any... AFL song. um like a ball war song or
1: something? something yes, like, it was a song yeah. sung
3: during many various wars um, called Goodbye Dolly Gray. It was written Ooh. by William D. Cobb who also wrote a few songs for Wizard of Oz. So you got a real Ooh. celebrity behind that one. But it didn't become your club song um, until a player named Tom Nelson, a three-game player. I guess he was sitting on the bench for too long and thought, fuck, if I'm not going to get a game, I'll write a song. So he just redid the lyrics and it became your club song. and Again, it's one of the most well-known songs because it taking away the club's history and everything about it kind of slaps and it's not too long, which I think is the important thing about a football song.
1: You also have the great irony of the premierships at Cakewalk, which is the least true statement it which, could possibly be for Collingwood, right?
3: That line was removed at one point. <laughs> so in 1983, to avoid embarrassment of the long period without a premiership, they removed the song, but fans just didn't have it. They kept singing yeah, it obviously got put back in. Um, there was an unofficial addition to the theme song. Go blimey. Like, I get to do an yeah. accent every episode, which I love. Um, you sung choose after to do an the accent four- every
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, it's not a get. Chris, could you just back me up? It's not a
0: get, right? It's just a choose.
2: Yeah. We're, we're, we
0: can't stop him.
2: We're not assigning that. You just do it. look, you no. Know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um,
3: so after the fourth a so- fourth line in the song, Core Blimey, you just sung it. This is back in the 1920s. Um that's according to Collingwood legend Harry Collier, as part really? of the 100 Years of Football, Australian football documentary. However, it is a little bit of a grey area. There's no official recordings of it. And some people say, no, you just sung that, mate. I guess I, I guess Harry Collier was sort of the me off the Collingwood um, club rooms, who's just like, I'm just doing my own thing now. Call Blimey. So, <laughs> so, there. Where did they add it in? After the fourth line.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a good old calling for everyone know how to play the game side by 60. 60- to hold the magpie's name, Call blimey.
3: blimey.
1: Yeah. They still sing it in the circle. It's not part of like yeah. the the recording that you hear at the G. But, yeah, okay. uh, they, the boys still do it. I think Sidey still likes to belt that one out.
0: Now, and Jesse, can I get that accent one more time?
3: <laughs> oh,
2: I wonder if every time they sung it, Harry Collier was also saying, oh, This is great every time I get to do an accent. <laughs> it was like a different one every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm Italian today. As um, for your Guernsey, I have I have a complaint. And I think mm-hmm. most non Collingwood fans will have the same complaint. So the Guernsey is white with three black stripes. That's how it's officially kind of ruled. And your away strip is a black jumper. With white stripes. Mm. What fucking zebra lawyer did you have to go to the AFL and say, we don't get an away strip because every other club has an away strip. And I'm angry because Essendons are usually pretty shit. (laughs)
1: This again was Eddie right This was the whole Collingwood wears black and white Making it line in the sand And I think that's one of the reasons that People don't like Ed and that people don't like the club I would welcome an away strip Because I like a lot of these crazy away strips right I like like Man U's away strips That are nowhere related to Red I'd be welcoming of it but I, I, I get where you're coming from there It's kind of a semantic point White on black versus black on
3: white What would your dream away strip be? Oh
1: god remember the swoop, like the magpie swoop that had the big magpie here, like white below, black above? Yeah. That'd be pretty sick. Like a mostly white swoop jumper would be pretty sweet.
3: Yeah, all right. Like, And that, that's what the annoying thing is your logo is pretty cool. I think over the last few years, I've become... Um, another reason I'm liking the magpies a little bit more is because I've had some magpies nesting in my house, and I've befriended them in my loneliness <laughs> and old age. And I feed them. <laughs>
0: I do um, the, different accents to them. <laughs> different accents.
3: Uh, so this podcast is, is uh, dedicated to Magagi and Magangus, the two magpies, <laughs> and their child Mango. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but speaking of the magpie, the magpie, I was thinking your logo, your emblem. It's never really changed, which is bizarre because every other club we've done so far has had some really radical changes throughout the years. For a club this old, it remained pretty similar. It's normally the the, the magpie. Inside an emblem, whether that's round or a shield or whatever. Um the only standout I could find was between uh 1955 and 1957, the magpie image was in front of a an oval, a drawing of an oval in the background. Okay. But because of the angle, it made it look like the magpie had a surfboard under its wing. <laughs> Massive fan of that. If you if we start doing like a beach AFL instead of AFL X, I'd like you guys to bring that back. Have a word with Eddie if you could. Oh, I love that. Um, That'd be
1: great. I make that my away strip. I've changed my mind. Surfing Magpie <laughs> is the new official calling that away strip.
3: <laughs> done and done. <laughs> it's when you play
0: in the Gold Coast.
3: <laughs> Another thing that sort of blew me away was your famous supporters. There aren't many. Um, you've got The Rock. You just gave him a jumper. I'm not going to count that. But then you, I, I had a bit of a look and at it. Like, uh, Janna Pittman, Peter Hellyer, Rob Lowe, Peter Brock, Mark Faduca.
1: I remember Rob Lowe, that's also, you can lump that in with the rock as he got given a jumper one time. Um,
3: yeah, we don't have many. It's That's the Dancing with the Stars level of
1: celebrity. <laughs> Most definitely. For a club with so many supporters. And I find this in like my friendship circles, I don't know that many Collingwood fans, like where are we all hiding? I'm not sure what's going on there, but the same with celebrity stuff, there's not that many of us.
3: Prison. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Which actually does segue me into... into, And this is from Wiki, so... Um, Sorry, how is fans, prison going to be a segue? Where yeah, are like, you going know, with this? Let him cook. <laughs> 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 Hang on. Um, He's on. Jesse's onto something. <laughs> this is from Wikipedia. So, Collingwood fans, please send your threats to Wikipedia. Um, it says, quote, Many of the club supporters who regularly attend games still come from the working class or from lower socioeconomic groups, leading to jokes from supporters of other clubs, which typically stereotype their Collingwood supporters as poor, crude, and ignorant. I, I don't... Again, we've done a few clubs now. I haven't seen Wiki throw down Burns before, which made that really stand out, though, to be fair. Further further investigation. You can see where this comes from. So back in the day, Collingwood really did support... Really understood that they um, their player, their fan base sorry, was like a lower socioeconomic kind of community. So they did things like the... Um, They were building up through the unemployment relief fund. They had a few like a lot of free games if you if you work in certain sectors and stuff like that. So they really, I can see why the roots of the club go so deep and why there's such sort of like generational uh, support for these teams because you could tell that you know grandparents and great grandparents were genuinely supported by this club. So maybe they are coming back to the, the the good vibes of old. This is the most nice things I've said about Claude.
1: I'm ever. amazed, right? Okay. You're doing really well. Like, keep it up. You got this. Um, <laughs> look at you this. go,
3: Jesse. Uh, yeah. I tried. I, I tried here again. If you got me a few years ago, it would have been different. Because my next note just says "fuck Guinness," but we've already that. <laughs> look, I, I, I tried. I tried. I tried to be mean, and I, I couldn't do it. Just you just, look into Darcy Moore's eyes, and you he can't.
0: You can't be mean. He said a fuck on TV, and that was the greatest was great. moment of 2023. Like, that, I still think about that.
3: Like, Darcy Moore's eyes somehow cancels out to go with rap sheet. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind alleged, of. Allegedly. allegedly <laughs> kind alleged rap <of. laughs> sheet. The lawyers are looking at me.
0: I have to ask, while we're talking jumpers, prison bars, Ooh. how do you feel about them? Like, the, the whole the Port Adelaide Collingwood <laughs> issue.
1: I I would happily let them wear them. It doesn't bother me at all. I do find it mildly funny when some of the ex players kick up about it. I'm mostly talking about cane corns here, right? Because any suffering that cane goes through is probably a good thing for the rest of the AFL community.
0: That's what tears me on it, because cane corns, yeah. sad, good.
3: Yeah. Eddie Maguire
0: uh, uh, getting his way, though, bad.
3: Is that what tears you on it? Like, never tears you apart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boo.
1: Jesse. Uh, but, Boo. Yeah, like... It's up to me. Let Port wear them. You know, it's historical. We can allow that, right? And probably not with Collingwood, unless we have our, like, six surfing clash, Guernsey, in which case, go for it. Yeah. Surfing bird versus <laughs> the prison part. <bars. laughs>
3: <laughs> but then the suns will come out. It's like, we were going to have a surfing bird on ours. It's become a whole thing.
0: <laughs> we move on. Jesse, thank you for the vibes. Chris, Chris is going to go head-to-head with Tim on...
2: History, John by the Lable. sounds of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Tim t- Tim seems to, he's really on his, like, years and yeah. his memorization. I can't remember what I did, like, three days ago. And Tim's like, yeah, nah, you know, back in 1958.
3: I was... think it was the like February, it was the Tuesday, I remember that. and uh, chilly Tuesday. God blimey, it was God,
0: God blimey. <laughs>
3: Clarkie, only one of us can do the accents, okay?
0: That's just how I talk, who Couché.
2: Oh, the, oh and me, dance. Yeah. Uh, no, Dress. Tim, we're going to gonna take a walk down memory lane, talk about uh, some of Collingwood's most recent and also uh, most recent premierships and also kind of overall premiership history. Uh, okay. So first off, equal most premierships in VFL, AFL history, along with Essendon and Carlton, all to the club. 16 after this, the most recent one.
1: No asterisks there to throw a little bit of shade, but okay. 16, Yes.
2: <laughs> Um, Have played in a record 45 VFL AFL grand finals, which is Mm. crazy. Uh, The only club in history to have won four consecutive premierships, which was in 1927, 1928, 1929, 1930. Uh, Obviously, the most recent flag was this year, first since 2010. Uh, Because 2023 is in very recent memory, I want to talk about 2010 instead Mm -hmm. Uh, for, for very obvious reasons, It was a drawn grand final. It was only the third drawn grand final in history, with the previous two being in 1948 and 1977, which Collingwood also in the 1977 one. was against North. The game was replayed a week later to decide the winner. Uh, It was the last grand final to be replayed, uh, with the AFL introducing Extra Time in 2016 onwards. And fun fact, the replay was actually attended by 6,000 less people than what went to the first game, which...
1: I I was one of those absentees, right? Oh, no.
0: Oh.
3: It
1: was brutal. I was working in Sydney. It was my first job in TV and I was like working under a bit of a slave driver boss. And I'd signaled to him a couple of months in advance, like, my team's doing really well this year. I know you're from Sydney. You don't care about AFL, but this is like, this is pretty big for a Melbourne boy. If we happen to make the grand final, could I please have that Saturday off? Because we had to film on Saturdays. And he said, sure. Um... I flew down to Melbourne, and I, I stood there in one of the bays without a seat, and I watched a very excruciating draw, and Stephen Milne get robbed by a bounce, and we survived, and then I realized that I was never going to get the next weekend off under this slave driver boss. So I asked him, he was like, oh, no, you took last weekend off. You cannot go back down to Melbourne again for the second time in two weeks. So I missed the grand final. Wow. That he won for the first time in my life because...
3: Name and shame, I say. Fuck that.
2: <laughs> <game>. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, few a few things about that that game before we kind of get into your your memories of the the game and the the replay and everything that ensued in that whole two week or one week period, we'll say. Uh, so the the pre match entertainment was in excess with a. A much better pre-match entertainment at the replay. Lionel Richie played at the replay a week later. I don't know how yeah. they secured that. At how such did short they moves. get done in seven
1: days? It's insane. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Uh, the commentary team is a star-studded lineup of Bruce McAvaney, Dennis Committee, Lee Matthews, Tom Harley, Matthew Richardson, and Tim Watson. Good lineup.
1: It's pretty solid. Strong.
2: Yeah. Except for Tim Watson. There's uh, some
3: lows in there, but yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the grand final sprint was won by Luke Miles from St. Kilda. Uh Luke Miles then went on to be he went on to be delisted two weeks later. Uh, he played two games. Uh Lenny Hayes won the Norm Smith in the first game. Scott Pendlebury won it in the replay. Um and what are your, kind of your memories of of that that stretch? I, I can't imagine how agonizing it would have been being a supporter watching an insanely close game finishing a draw and then having to wait a week later to kind of find out the result essentially.
1: I I don't know. Don't you guys kind of miss that romanticism? Like, no more drawn grand final replays. It's it's was so unique to our sport. I think we'll miss that going forward. It feels weird, but it's such an iconic. Like, we're going to do this whole thing again. Like, what other sport would ever do that? And it none just feels because like- it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I I think a result
0: needs to be a result, right? Also, just because it's. You're not going to get Lionel Richie every time, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what if he can't? That's, the, yeah. that's the, deal, if you could.
2: The, the forever deal they have with Lionel Richie. Anytime there's a drawn yeah. grand final, he has to play the replay.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I personally, I, I like the result. I already hate it in season when it happens and the game just ends, and I'm like shit. Like, what do I do now? What I do At now? least you
1: get the resolution a week later, though. It's not like it, it's permanently a draw. The whole
0: week? I don't have that kind of attention span in a world <laughs> of TikTok and mental health issues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the build-up to week two was massive for that one. Yeah. Like From a from a Pies fan, it was genuine relief because we had that game on our terms and we kind of bottled it. Like Trav Cloak started missing a lot of goals. I forget the scoreline, but we kicked fewer goals than St Kilda in that game like we drew them yeah. by kicking six more behinds than they did
2: right you So kicked like 14 behinds I think you kicked nine goals 14 or something yeah
1: yeah that sounds right and they were like 10 goals eight or something yeah like I, think that, that was, right?
2: I think that was I think they were 10 goals
1: eight yeah so we had the game on our terms for so much of that and we just we bottled it and St Kilda caught fire and Brendan Goddard became the best player to ever play the game for like a two-month period there at the end of 2010 and it we got away with it. We, we probably should have lost. Um, Nick Maxwell put out a few heroic efforts, touched a ball on the line, took a great mark and set up our last goal. And we got a chance to do it properly. And luckily enough, we did. Like I think we were the best team of 2010, um, but we almost choked it massively. So the overwhelming emotion from the 2010 grand final was relief and the chance to do it properly again. And yeah, that's. A, I guess that's why I would miss the replay because I had such a good experience <laughs> with it. But I get why the Saints fans might feel differently.
2: Well, and you ended up doing it pretty convincingly in the replay the week later. Yeah, it was forty
1: it was like 50 points, points or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in that um, range. And Heath Shaw's smother after that. We were never going to lose. You just if Nick Rewald isn't kicking goals uncontested ten meters out, the Saints never had a chance.
3: So. One of the best Grandfather moments.
1: Yeah, uh, such a nice. Certainly nice. for me. Oh, so yeah. good. So, um. Yeah, I'd be a big fan of seeing more replays, but hey, I get it's not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea. Um,
2: now we've we've spoken about 2010, and it, it pains me to talk about Collingwood winning grand finals. So, I want to take a different approach and uh, <laughs> take some time to talk about your grand final losses.
3: <laughs> How long does the podcast go for? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> so, this
2: is so so last week. Well. All right,
3: last week
0: Chris told us, you know, guys, we're going to do something different this week, and. Oh, boy, it was different. And this week he said the same thing. And Jesse and I very, very, like,
3: supportively went,
0: yeah, Chris, you do it. I
3: I literally wrote, you're just going to berate Tim for 15 minutes. And then I I removed him. I was like, no, I'm going to remain positive. I'm going to see what Chris can do. (laughs) No, spot on. Go nuts, I'll allow it. (laughs) All
2: right. Get him, Chris. So uh, 27 VFL and AFL grand final losses, which is the record.
1: Oh, comfortably. The next nearest is, like, at least 10 lower than us. It, it might yeah. even be more. Yeah. We, we lose grannies like nobody else.
2: Just a club that's just doesn't have a successful winning culture.
1: Um, okay. Pretty brave card for a Bullies fan to be playing. I was going
3: to a donkey supporter, <laughs> Chris Corns has come out here. <laughs> Chris, with all due respect, that's like me. That's like me saying that. Okay, you won one flag (laughs) since TV's been in color. Okay,
1: look, the
2: confidence, though.
1: I respect the confidence. (laughs) Again, I'm going to allow it. Let's see where he's going with this. (laughs)
2: Let let me cook. Uh, (laughs) Since 2002, uh, I cooked. In 2002, Collingwood have appeared in six grand finals, seven if you include the draw, uh, winning two and losing four. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of those that were to Brisbane, obviously. he all four of those
1: losses, by the way, but only one of the wins.
2: Should have, should have picked that he is. Yeah, true. Uh, so Chris let's... has
3: really put on his cane corns hat right now. He is <laughs> in character.
2: So let's cast our minds back and talk about what's probably the most famous of those grand finals, uh, the 2018 grand final against West Coast. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Actually, tell a lie. I didn't go to that one. So I was working at LA at the time. And it, as anyone that was... Yeah, yeah, no. It, it gets worse. This is a really sad story. So I... It, Collingwood weren't looking like a threat that year. We were looking okay. Um, Bucks had had a lot of time in charge of the club. But we'd never really achieved too much underneath him. I think he bombed Malthouse's team out of finals by 2012. And we'd not been back in the finals since then. So I was booking flights home to see family because I got a couple of months leave every year and I booked them on, I think it was September 30, grand final day, right? Because it's highly unlikely that we're going to be a part of this show. And then we went on this late season tear and we started winning games and all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, we might actually be a team. And we made it through to the grand final and my flight departed LAX at halftime. So I watched the first half of that game and then I was out of mobile reception, <laughs> and one hour into that flight, the captain came over the intercom and said, "Good news, ladies and gentlemen. Collingwood have lost the two thousand and eighteen Grand Final." Oh wow! I was like, "Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Twist oh the my- dagger more."
3: Um, you, you know who that pilot was? <laughs>
2: Christopher Lowry. <laughs> so, so that was that was actually a very very sad story.
3: Let's relive oh, it. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, uh, minute by minute. In uh, in 2018, uh, Collingwood really kind of shocked the AFL world. Uh, finished third on the ladder after finishing 13th the year before. Uh, it w- was very unexpected. Uh, made the 2018 grand final. Pretty much entertainment was the Black Eyed Peas, Jimmy Barnes and Mike Brady. The worst.
3: The worst fucking lineup you could have. At the start. Look, Jimmy Barnes, Mike Brady, yeah, cool. Might I mean, Mike Brady, they- <laughs> Take him out of deep freeze for every grand final. Good on him. But Black Eyed Peeve,
2: what were they thinking? It, was, it, it gets worse than that once you hear the commentary lineup. Uh, so the commentary team was uh, Bruce McAvaney, great, uh, Hamish McLaughlin, BT, Cameron Ling, Wayne Carey, Daisy Pierce, Matthew Richardson, Lee Matthews, and Jimmy Bartell, which is just far too many people.
3: I need Moses, like, to take a little fan thing and save Daisy Pearce
2: in that lineup. <laughs> uh, now, the, the grand final sprint that year was won by a 16-year-old named, and I hope I get this right, Godfrey Ocarinian. Ocarin, uh, I don't know why he was in the grand final sprint. <laughs> uh, Wait, but who, who was he? I, I don't know, but he upstaged all of the AFL players. It was. was yeah, he, he was a sixteen-year-old.
1: Oh, so he wasn't club affiliated. He was like no, a sprinter he wasn't. No, that so just there was him. These guys.
2: Yeah, there was him and another sixteen-year-old kid from Melton of all places. <laughs> um, who they finished first and second. None of the AFL players could beat them. They were, I don't know why they were in the grand final sprint though. Look, they're um,
1: sprinters. They're not gonna <laughs> I imagine most AFL players would lose like a powerlifting
3: contest against a powerlifter as well. This is an insane decision. So he wait, wait, sorry, I'm looking up Godfrey now and he's on the World Athletics website <laughs> because he actually <laughs> does athletics now. He does um long jump. Uh, and sprinting. There you Genuine go. athlete. Well
2: wow. there you go.
3: Good work, Godfrey. Godfrey friend, friend, of friend
2: of the show. Uh the Norm Smith was on by Luke Shuey, thirty-four disposals, eight clearances and one goal. Uh Collingwood got out to a 23-point lead late in the second quarter, uh, and then West Coast rallied, kicking the next three goals to cut the margin to just two points, and it was pretty close for the rest of the game from there. Uh, And the game is obviously most famous for a boundary line set shot goal from Mr. Dom Sheed that gave West Coast a four-point lead with less than two minutes to go, which they then went on to win by five points. So what are your memories of that day, Tim?
1: See, it took me a long time to watch the replay, right? So I saw the first half. We're looking pretty good.
2: You actually went back and watched the replay?
1: Only after we won the flag this year. Again, as I say, all the, all okay. the pain is gone now. I can watch this. Um, I actually watched the highlights package, and I had seen the Dom Sheed goal and the non-free kick to Braden Maynard for blocking before that, because, you know, as a Pies fan, part of your DNA is that you have to complain about umpiring decision. So that was something to have up my sleeve. But my memories of that day was that arsehole captain just twisting my life. <laughs> like, seriously, you work for Qantas, dude. Have a little bit of fucking decorum. <laughs> that was insane. That's
0: perfectly on brand for Qantas. I, for
1: <laughs> <laughs> I expect that from Jetstar, okay? Virgin maybe. But Qantas, the national character? Ah, oh, ridiculous.
2: Now, I won't put you through any more pain. Uh, we'll, we'll throw it back over to Clarky for uh, the last segment.
0: That's right. It's everybody's favorite segment. The Falconstein.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. he yeah, did it right. Yeah, the because he told horse me I, can die!
0: You told me I. you told me I wasn't allowed to do it wrong anymore. Yep. Jesse right. very pulling up as we love pulling back the kayfabe, Jesse said some very disparaging things about my bit <laughs> flogging a dead horse.
3: He's fine about it. Yeah.
0: Not at all. Not at all old clacky. I, I wish I was Frankenstein. <laughs> then I could die.
1: <laughs> so... No, no, you couldn't. If you were Frankenstein, you'd be revived. Like, he, he isn't dead. I don't right? know. No, 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 you're
3: talking the about best- Frankenstein. He's talking about the Frankenstein bears, okay? <laughs> the, different
0: bears. the best part of Frankenstein, Tim, and my literary friends will remember this, is that he gets to kill his creator and then kill himself.
1: Okay, very good. You're up Jesse, to date. I'm coming for you, baby.
3: <laughs> I like how, again... The- Just take you with them out. After every episode, shockingly, we do a bit of a review. It's like, okay, what can we tweak? We're still trying to work out what works, what doesn't work. Um, And I'm like, hey, maybe we should stop doing the joke because it can derail this bit really quickly. It's already confusing (laughs) enough. And now we're talking about Frankenstein, the actual literary monster. (laughs) Sorry, Frankenstein's monster. And my
0: plan comes to fruition all along. (laughs) Now, Tim, I gave you a little quick rundown before the episode. um, But for our listeners... So we build a falconstein of a player that represents the best part of Collingwood's players past or present. So we choose a player to represent their head, which we have broken down to vibes and hair, their body, their tackles and strength, their arms, marks and handballs, their legs, kicking and running, and a modifier, which we added in the first week (laughs) because we were like, that's actually a good idea. And, Gentlemen, I hate to start it off because I usually like to let the guests uh, get theirs in, but I think I already know what the modifier is. And oh, it's I think Colling- I do It's the
1: Collingwood Chant. Oh, interesting. Okay, that, I have a different modifier, but Ooh. I like that. That's good.
0: I do like that. I think the Collingwood Chant is one of the most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment. Like, <laughs> I have been to games and I refuse to go to Collingwood Melbourne games anymore because I'm like, if we lose and I have to hear that chant, I, something's fallen off level 4. <laughs> <laughs> like, it hurts. <laughs> Just, like, you have to do the walk of shame. You should be across, like, three Collingwood fans. <laughs> you're, like, you've still got, like, hot chips because you're, like, I'm leaving early. I can't stay for this shit.
1: But, no, Dim, you-
3: <laughs>
0: please. Uh,
1: I like that mod. My mod's going to be different. Uh, do you want the modifier that I think we should have now? Or you look, want that last? Let's, let's little start, little bit- we'll start
3: with the top. Let's start with Frankenstein's right. head. And no, vibes and hair. I think there's so only those
1: one. Is, those I are so distinct, vibes and hair. I mean, they don't have to necessarily be one and the same, right? Could you have a I, vibe and a hair, or do we need one solitary
3: one, hair? One, it, it does both. Can, I, can oh, I give you two suggestions? Yeah. Darcy Moore, obviously. I mean, yeah, he's got the hair and the vibes. Right? He, he's he's, he's the future of Collingwood, the, what the vibes could be one day. But we also have dreadlock pendles.
1: Yeah, dreads is a pendles. powerful foe. It's solid hair. I mean, he wins on the hair. Darcy sort of ushered in the
2: vibes. I thought of two completely different ones myself. Okay. Uh, so one was Peter Dacos.
1: Mm. Actually, yeah, no. The, that mullet was pretty iconic.
2: Yeah. And the, like that's on the good vibes. And then I thought of evil vibes. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought of Daisy Thomas. Doesn't the goy just have gelled hair? Daisy Thomas. <laughs> He's got the hair. He's a bit of a cunt. He sums up Collingwood. <laughs>
1: Well, we don't really want to claim him after the whole Carlton thing, like Daddy Malthouse. Like I forgot he played Yeah, yeah. Going across to the Blues and eh, not playing well, which was quite nice. But you know, it felt a bit of a betrayal. So I don't think we can do days. That'd be would yeah. be a step too far. I mean, I mean, if it was just vibes, it'd be Craig McRae. The vibes that he's instilled at <laughs> in this club have been insane.
3: But we've never had we've a we've never had a coach <laughs> body part put onto a player. But if you want vibes, Craig McRae.
1: But the hair could not be more vanilla. So I think you're right. right. It would have to be... Ooh, you got something?
3: In the spirit of Craig McCray, why are we doing Falcon Sign? This should be the fly. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can merge <laughs> things together.
1: <laughs> All right. A sort of golden-esque brundle fly of Collingwood. I like it. We together. did this segment four
0: times and then changed it again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, let's give him the hair of Dreadlock Pendles and the vibes of Craig McRae. Yeah, the
0: sort of fly-esque okay. um, yep. melange. All right. <laughs> Jesse, I'll let you fix this into the sheet.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, well, Clark, you type it out. I'll, I'll, I'll just go to the next part. Well, next up, we've got body. So, tackles and strength.
1: Mm, that's a good question. Uh, Current-era tackles are, I think, by McCreary. But maybe overall-era Scotty Burns would be right up there. One of the hardest players to play yeah. for the club.
2: Mm, that's a good one.
1: Anyone else got any suggestions there? I'd
2: even potentially in modern day, and I know he's now no longer a Collingwood player, but I'd even potentially put Taylor Adams in there.
1: Yeah, he'd be right up there for sure. Oh, actually, Paul Lecuria, he played a game against Port in 2002. It was the first final Port had finished minor premiers. Collingwood had lost Nathan Buckley due to injury. It was at Football Park. The Pies are expected to get done by about 2,000 points. And Liquor comes out and plays the best game you've ever seen on Josh Franco. Keeps him to like five possessions or something insane, gets like 30 plus himself, and tackles him into the ground. I think for that one performance and the fact that his rig was pretty phenomenal, maybe, <laughs> maybe body goes to Liquor? Go for it. Yeah. What year was that? I don't mean 02, I think. So 02 0 02 Liquoria, peak Liquoria.
3: I like how specific these are getting because this is, this, is, <laughs> this is the dream. By the time we get to West Coast and we do our last episode, episode on this or Doggies, whichever one of you guys is last, I don't know what the alphabet works. It's going to be so goddamn granular. <laughs> it's going to be like Montanelli when you did the cash converter. That
2: he gets to see Ah
3: That's good enough. I can make sense of that. Um, next up, we're arms, so marks and handballs. You've got to go Travis Cloak gloves.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think our falcon sign is definitely wearing the gloves that Travis wore, but I'm not sure 100%. if they've got his arms. Um, Does
3: the falcon sign also wear um, Cox's glasses? Oh, it must. That could be the modifier, actually. So, look, <laughs> last, last week we added on We added on multiple modifiers last week. Do we just add Collingwood fashion on-field fashion? Accessories. Yeah, yeah. Accessories.
1: Gloves, glasses, you know. <laughs>
3: I like oh, it I if you got right. a Collingwood player action figure, it'd be like, it'd be kind of like, you know, those action figures of Spider Man when he has a car? It's like, you don't need that, I don't need that. All <laughs> your players have like different gloves and a snowboard and some sunglasses oh, and a hat. Mine has a scratched cornea. <laughs> <laughs> My spider senses are tingling.
1: I think our guy's definitely got a sleeve, right? That's like the Collingwood number one fashion item a big tattooed sleeve. Oh, yeah. A, yeah, a, yeah. a,
3: a sleeve and a wrap sheet.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue. No. It's pretty accurate.
2: <laughs> this is really tapping into the, the create your player experience where you just add random shit onto them. They <laughs> they have a bunch of tattoos and sunglasses. And, I want to make yeah.
0: him green like Shrek and he has the body of a Lucha Libre. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, 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 so just Shrek. <laughs> um so what? Have you what seen that? a Lucha? <laughs> um, mar- yeah, Marks and marks Handballs. Marks and Handballs.
1: Alright, so Mm-hmm. Those are sort of disparate fields. I think let's go with Chris Tarrant for arms because also he had great arms. Those are the best guns in the business for about ten That's years. That's a there. good
3: pick. Good call. Yeah, and he
1: had some and pythons. He was fond of a hanger, but in terms of hands, I don't know. Hand pass? Can we give him the hands of Nick Dakos? I think he's got the best hands in the in the team currently. We'll allow it because allow it. allow it. Listen. It's a fly. It's the fly. It's yeah. a because combination been, of many yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> the Flyston. Fly this guy. is like towards the very end of the fly now. So Jeff Goblin's disintegrating into a bunch of shit.
3: I love the idea that two groups of about five people went into these machines, yeah, but yeah. also Cox's glasses and cloak's gloves were at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> they would use yeah, him well, as a locker. I like
0: to I like to imagine that Braden Maynard standing behind Mason Cox and like rips his glasses off <laughs> like a bully and goes, You fuck a big nerd, throws them in, well, right the, as it's about to zap.
3: The experiment was going fine, and then Brandon Maynard Ploughed through the machinery. <laughs> but he
1: bought the machinery's wife a lovely bunch of flowers, so we forgive him. <laughs> All's
3: well that ends well. Exactly. Um, and we've also got legs, so kicking and running. Oh,
1: you could go several directions with that. I mean, just for the sheer size of the quadricep, maybe Nathan Buckley, one of the best field, field kicks to ever get around.
3: It's, it's interesting because I think I, I was, we haven't mentioned Bucks in this yeah, episode, yeah, which, has which been is fantastic. Um. <laughs> But he's a great field kicker. But then you've also got, you know, Rocker's pendulous meat Yeah, bags. true. Like, is this guy a forward?
1: And then you've got Peter what? Dacos from any angle at any time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, mm, that's a very good question. Maybe one quadricep is Nathan Buckley. One quadricep is Peter Dacos. The carbs belong to oof, <laughs> probably Anthony Rocker and then the feet themselves are Severio's. I'm not going to make you do all that. Let's just lock in bucks for <laughs> the lower half of the body. <laughs> <laughs> Who could get it done midfield and forward? Either now, either
3: the last one we've got modifier so special ability. We've already got Collingwood accessories, so Cox's glasses and cloaks gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark, you mentioned the Collingwood chant.
1: Not a bad one. I think our player should have the modifier of basketball background because I think nothing <laughs> is more synonymous.
2: <laughs> I was I was going to suggest That's the modifier actually, of it. the modifier of the early concede. <laughs> yeah true. Well that would be yeah. if I was a falconstein but I'm not a Falcon <laughs> star.
3: My suggestion there was just gonna be the chip on their shoulder. I think that <clears> is <throat> part and parcel with Collingwood as a whole. But that basketball background is spot on.
1: Nice, done. Let's give him a basketball background, boys.
3: So Jessica Falconfly. <laughs> hair of dreadlocks Penderbury Vibes of McCrae. It's sounds like I'm doing a poem. <laughs> Paul uh, Lucuria, Chris Tarrant's guns, Nick Dacos' hands, Box's legs, decked down Collingwood accessories, so Cox's glasses, Cloak's gloves, the Collingwood chant roaring in the background. And what's that? Yes, this player does have a background in basketball. We did it.
2: What a player. We've but created a monster.
3: Yeah, I, ha- I hate that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, we should have had the... How did we not suggest the, vi- the hair of John Noble? Or the head of John Noble.
1: This is your problem, Chris. Nobody else in the (laughs) AFL has an issue with Jonathan Noble. There is someone
2: else out there who has an issue with John Noble, and it's probably (laughs) his mother. He's really hit a chord
3: with you. (laughs) Chris, I'm saving the John Noble um, Falconstein move for the Western Bulldogs episode because it's going to be a modifier. (laughs) (laughs) The devil.
0: (laughs) Uh, So that about wraps this up, but I do. I do have one final question that I do like to ask before we finish this up. Tim, even though you guys won a premiership this year, what do you think needs to continue or needs to improve to get you guys back to the big dance next year?
1: It's a very good question. Because um, we had this in 2010, right? Youngest team to win a premiership since the Baby Bombers. The, the next step will be in the next three or four it'll be a piece of cake and it all fell apart. It, it's going to be just application and intensity and I think that's what McRae has done so very very well so far is that you could count the number of games that Collingwood hasn't really turned up to on one hand Um, and we had those late this year right so we drop a game to Hawthorne and then Carlton pretty comprehensively outplays us and we're looking a bit shaky and then he turns it around and pulls out a pretty damn good finals campaign so I think it's the key pieces are there our list is Probably not the best list in the league, but it's up there with the top four or five and our game plan gets maximum value. It's just going to be turning up every week and bringing that intensity. And Lockie Schultz will probably help. He's a really good player. So glad to have him on board as well.
3: Great pickup.
1: Such such a handy pickup. pickup. I think he gets sort of biased in his work so far and that nobody here really realizes how damn good he has been for Frio. So that's very handy for, for the Pies to pick him up. But again, it's just going to be turning up and bringing that intensity but fortunately i think the vibes are in a pretty good spot to bring that so whilst i don't necessarily think that we're a fait accompli for back to back i think it'll be another fun year to be a Pies fan and really that's what the last two years have been about it has been a fun ride and that
0: brings us to the the close jesse you can let go of that big tension that we finally made it through the collingwood episode you did well man you did really well he did
3: he's big boy i was very (laughs) positive episode a bunch of goddamn dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, Tim, thank you so much for spending some time with us and talking about the pies. Where can people find you? Do you have anything that you need to spruik?
1: Do you want people oh, not yeah. to find you? That's also an option. You totally can't find me. I, I, I have no social presence whatsoever, and don't try. Yeah, I guess that's it. Very good. Don't find me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't speak to me. Yeah. yeah. You're always welcome onto f- onto future episodes, so you can find them again. Oh, I'll see you boys <laughs> soon. Time.
1: No, this has been a delight. Thank you for having me, Jens.
0: All right, and you can find the Falcon. We are Falcon Footy Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore sixteen. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner, and I'm at Quantum yeah. JC. We're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can check out our sister shows, Love Letters, hosted by Jesse, which Jesse no love has- letters this week you did release a big episode
3: where you talked to the developers of Dredge. I did, did indeed. I spoke to Joel Mason from from Dredge, the small uh, four-person team behind that, Black Salt Games, and I spoke to Joel, and it was absolutely lovely. learned a little bit about game development and spoke a lot about Destiny 2, but uh, go check that out. Yeah, beautiful. No love letters, so go check that out instead.
0: You can also check out Dialogue Options, which is a video game-focused podcast. That's us for the week. You can also find... Uh, Footy Mailbag, the other pod, the Supercoach Focus podcast that I'm on. We have just released hell, our yeah. draft episode and I was rusty as hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? It's November. We're already talking Supercoach, but please go check us out at Footy Mailbag on Twitter. Um, should
1: we mention yeah. who won our Supercoach League or should we just not, not mention that? Cut that, cut that, draft. cut that out. Cut that, cut that cut It's cut that. Yeah, draft.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh! <laughs> it's
1: fine. Don't worry about it.
0: But thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week. Football, yes.